the purposes in view. This is the heart of the public purpose. So you can read that and sort of um, my notes to the margins out here are basically to help you understand um, what this is. Okay. And then method of procedure. So each legislative body shall provide for the manner in which such regulations and restrictions and boundaries of each district shall be determined. City Council has to vote on it. They recognized early on that uh, this would not be a static thing for all time, that uh, Peachtree Street began its life as a residential street, that likely it would change over time. Um, that in 1811, if you had zoned Manhattan for what it was in 1811, then we wouldn't have Manhattan today, right? So they made provisions for change. Um, these may be amended, supplemented, changed, modified, or repealed. Um, so on and so forth. Then for the establishment of a zoning commission, this is... Um, Originally, you did not have departments or bureaus of planning, so you established a citizen commission, um, typically composed of real estate developers, architects, city planners, landscape architects, lawyers, um, to review these things and to make a preliminary report and hold public hearings before submitting its final report to the legislative body. And then you have a Board of Adjustments. This is what I was talking about earlier, that where you have a case of hardship, you cannot, for some reason, having to do with the configuration of the lot or some particular aspect of the parcel, cannot conform to the zoning. It's impossible to do so. Uh, I had to get a variance to rebuild my garage because it was sitting on the property line. If I had moved it over seven feet, which was what was required, I would not have been able to get my car in the garage or out of the garage, right? It would have run into the corner of my kitchen. So um, that was my hardship. The, um, so this creates then the Board of Adjustments. And this enumerates the powers that they may have. So you can see that a good bit of this is, in fact, procedural. Again, this goes to the heart of uh, equal protection of the law, sort of having common procedures, protocols, language, so on and so forth. Conflict with other laws. So the test case was Euclid versus Ambler. The Ambler Realty owned uh, two parcels, um, a parcel here uh, between what is now Interstate 90 uh, actually the Nickel Plate Road uh, in the village of Euclid, which was just outside the city of Cleveland, and a second parcel here, uh, which the city had zoned U2. And within that zone, they were only allowed to construct residential uh, buildings. The um, Ambler Realty sued, saying that uh, they were entitled to just compensation that the, the city of Euclid or the village of Euclid had to, in fact, compensate them for the difference in value between the sale of the property as industrial property and the sale of the property as residential property. Industrial property would sell for more, right? 
And um, they won in the lower court. This is actually sort of what it looks like. There's the parcel that was zoned U2 residential. There's a detail of it. Lying between two railroads for the entire length of the village area, extending some distance to either side of the north and south, having an average width of about 1,600 feet, so on and so forth. So this is the actual case. You're expected to read this case. I have highlighted uh, in red or in blue or with notes in the margins uh, certain interpretations or parts that I think are, are critical. Um, so the ordinance divided the village of Euclid into six classes of use, denominated U1 to U6, three classes of height, H1 to H3, and four classes of area, denominated A1 to A4. Frankly, in my opinion, this is a terrible ordinance, and I wish they had selected uh, a better test case because this one got everything all, all balled up from the get-go. Um, very rarely do you have these overlapping districts like this in a modern zoning ordinance. Um, in terms of height, they said, look, this is, this is well established. You have ladders, fire equipment that reaches a certain height, uh, so it's perfectly within the city's exercise of police power to limit the heights of buildings based upon fire equipment, right? Uh, the area districts, uh, here the ordinance reaches over into subdivision regulations, which are properly part of the city planning enabling statute. This is my comment. The problem is that the test case, this one, was heard by the court prior to the passage of the city planning enabling statute. And so they didn't really untangle uh, the fact that they had two things conflated here. And as I said, this has caused us problems I think, to this day um, with all zoning issues. Putting all sorts of things on zoning that properly belong somewhere else. Um, and then the ordinance is assailed on the grounds that it is a derogation of Section 1 of the 14th Amendment to the Federal Constitution and that it deprives uh, the Amber Realty Company, the appellee, of liberty and property without due process of law and denies it the equal protection of the law and offends against certain provisions of the Constitution of the State of Ohio. The prayer of this bill is for an injunction restraining the enforcement of the ordinance and all attempts to impose or maintain it as regards the appellees, that's Ambler, Ambler's property, any of the restrictions, limitations, or conditions. The court, the lower court, held this ordinance to be unconstitutional and void and enjoined its enforcement. Okay. Um, so before proceeding then to a consideration of the case, and this is where this reading these cases gets interesting. This is the logic of the court, of the majority opinion of the court. This is before we get into the specifics of this. Uh, it's necessary to determine the scope of the inquiry. The bill alleges that the tract of land in question 
is vacant and has been held for years for the purpose of selling and developing it for industrial uses for which it is especially adapted, being immediately in the path of progressive industrial development. That for such uses, it has a market value of about $10,000 per acre, but if the use is limited to residential purposes, the market value is not in excess of $2,500 an acre. So, Village of Euclid, compensate us. And if I was Ambler, I would have done exactly the same thing, right? I want to be compensated for um, the difference. Um, the court says then it is specifically averred that the ordinance attempts to restrict and control the lawful uses of appellee's land so as to confiscate and destroy a great part of its value, that it is being enforced in, in accordance with its terms that prospective buyers of land for industrial, commercial, and residential uses in the Metropolitan District of Cleveland are deterred from buying any part of this land because of the existence of the ordinance and the necessity thereby entailed of conducting burdensome and expensive litigation in order to vindicate the right to use the land for lawful and legitimate purposes. That the ordinance constitutes a cloud upon the land, reduces and destroys its value, and has the effect of diverting the normal industrial, commercial, and residential development thereof to other less favorable locations, okay? So um, the record goes no further than to show here they're citing the lower court, saying as the lower court found that the normal and reasonable, reasonably to be expected use and development of that part of Appellee's land adjoining Euclid Avenue is for general trade and commercial purposes, particularly retail stores and like establishments, and that the normal and reasonably to be expected use and development of the residue of the land is for industrial and trade purposes. Whatever injury is inflicted by the mere existence and threatened enforcement of the ordinance is due to restrictions in respect of these and similar uses to which perhaps should be added if not included in the foregoing restrictions in respect of apartment houses. Uh, specifically, uh, there is nothing in the record to suggest that any damage results from the presence in the ordinance of those restrictions relating to churches, schools, libraries, other public and semi-public buildings. Now, let me comment there that um, by, by definition, you, can, you, you do not zone public land. Zoning is what? The restriction of use of private property. Now, the city of Atlanta has zoned Piedmont Park, okay? Um, it doesn't make any sense to zone Piedmont Park, um, but they have zoned it for residential use. And when I raised that with the Bureau of Planning, they said, we well, got to zone it something. No, read the Euclid case. No, no, no. So the argument by the court is that building zone laws are of modern origin. They began about 25 years ago. Until recent years, urban life was comparatively simple. But with the great increase in concentration of population, problems have developed and constantly are developing, which require and will continue to require additional restrictions in respect to the use and occupation of private land in urban communities. Um, they go further to say that, in fact, um, in terms of the equal protection aspect of the 14th Amendment, that the law does not single out Ambler uh, specifically. There was no specific damage to the, to the plaintiff 
right? That it was attached to the land, and it was based upon a duly written ordinance passed by the legislative body and signed into law by the mayor. Um, and therefore, the court is loath to intervene where you have a law that has been duly passed by um, a, a city council, a municipal government, constitutional body, uh, in, a, in a legal way. Um, then they cite precedents, including the famous slaughterhouse cases in Louisiana, uh, so on and so on and so forth, and they overturned the lower court decision upholding that uh, the Euclid case is, in fact, a lawful exercise of the police power provisions. Now, they, uh, I want to, before, just right before we conclude here, I want to um, draw your attention to this, that the, the court refused to pull the ordinance apart and say this part is unlawful, but this part is lawful. They said, we will consider this as a single law, okay? However, what we must do um, is that there may, in fact, arise in the future a case where, in fact, you might need to do this in some minute detail, all right? And we'll leave it at that because that's exactly what they did two years later in the Necto versus Cambridge case where they actually uh, overturned it based upon the application of the law rather than the constitutionality of the law itself, okay? All right. So we will come back and we will, we will pick that up where we left off on Wednesday. <clears throat>